Alright, I want to draw your attention to verse uh, 12 of Jeremiah chapter 8. It says, Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore shall they fall among them that fall in the time of their visitation. They should be cast down, saith the Lord. So in this prophecy here against Judah, one of the things that God brings up about them, the, one of the problems that they have is when they were doing all this wickedness, they weren't even embarrassed about it. The Bible says they, they couldn't even blush. And that was a sign that they were a very wicked people. And that's why you see so much harsh judgment being pronounced in the book of Jeremiah. Often in the Bible, too, it would refer to Sodom. It would refer, it would refer to their pride because the things that the Sodomites did was something that anyone should be ashamed of. Yet, you know, Israel, they were often like Sodom and they would declare their sin as Sodom. You know, they were, they were proud. They just put it out there in open display and it didn't shame them. That showed just how wicked things were during that time because there are some things that should shame us. There are some things that should embarrass us. Okay. Embarrassment is not necessarily a bad thing. Okay. There are things that should embarrass you. Okay. If you go out in public and you're not wearing hardly any clothes, you ought to be embarrassed. Okay. That's normal. But some people aren't. Why? Because they're very wicked people. But then, you know, the truth is though, there's also things that should not be shameful that are often that often cause people to be ashamed. For example, in Romans 1.16, the Apostle Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Now, why would Paul have been ashamed of the gospel? Well, the Greeks, they thought it was foolishness. You know, they're like, man, this is so simple. I mean, this is, you know, they, they, all, they wanted that wisdom. Then you had the Jews, they wanted a sign. Well, I mean, there's nothing magical about this message you have. There's nothing mystical and magical. You know, this is some, you know, we want to see some kind of sign. Do some kind of trick, and then we'll believe you. But the Apostle Paul, he wasn't going to get caught up in, he wasn't going to be like the trendy and try to make it appealing to the culture. You know, he wasn't going to go and gay up at the message or anything like that to make the trendies happy. He wasn't going to go and try to act like some Calvinist and try to sound real deep and intellectual to try to impress the smart crowd. You know what he did? He was crude in his speech and he just laid it out just like it was because of the, and he said, I'm not ashamed of it because of the fact this is what gets people saved. It is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek. If the Jews will listen to the gospel, they will get saved. If the Greeks believe the gospel, they will also get saved. So he wasn't going to be ashamed of it, even though people were obviously speaking out against it. So understand, when it comes to shame, some things should shame us, but there are some things that shouldn't shame us that often do shame us. And so one thing, what I want to preach about tonight, though, is social shaming. Okay, social shaming, because that is a big thing going on. We're seeing that happen right now where people are, and, 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 and social shaming is not a new thing. It's always been around. Okay, it's always been around, it's, but it's gotten really big with things like the Internet now because it makes it real easy to just kind of humiliate people. And, you know, and again, I don't, I, some things should shame us, but there's something that shouldn't. And I'm seeing Christians being social shamed today with things that shouldn't shame them. And I want us to understand some things about social shaming. All right. So, so for example, social distancing. Okay. We all know that term now. None of us knew it a few weeks ago, but we all know that term now. But social distancing, this is the new thing we're hearing everywhere. It's the, it's the new buzzword, right? And 
it's like the trendy thing to say right now. You know, everyone is embracing social distancing, and if you're and you're a wonderful person if you've embraced it. And you know what? You're garbage and filth if you don't, aren't you? Now, you know, here's the thing too with social distancing. How in the world is this a wonderful thing? Okay. You know, and for these people, too, who want to get all biblical, you know, the Bible does say greet the brethren with a holy kiss. All right. You know, and, you know, and we, you know, we do handshaking and all that. But it's like it doesn't appear like, uh, you know, being doing things biblically and, you know, coming together as people. It is kind of a physical thing. Okay. You know, and I think God knew that someday there was going to, you know, there was viruses and things that went around back then. There was plagues then. And I'm not saying we got to go around and we have to be shaking hands. But the thing is, while in our culture, we don't enjoy kissing, all right, each other. We do like a handshake, though, don't we? You know, we do like the physical contact. We do like getting around people in person. I, we like talking to people in person. You know, I like talking to people, you know, uh, through Skype and things like that. But it's so much better in the flesh, in person. It's just, that's how it is. And so... When I see even pastors parading around, and I've seen some videos out there too of pastors just getting everybody all excited about their, you know, social distancing, their stay safe services. And oh, folks, this is going to be great. You know, we're, we're going to all come. We're all going to stay six feet apart. You know, we're going to stay in a, And I'm not saying, don't take this the wrong way. I'm for churches that are doing their parking lot meetings. You know, hey, do what you got to do to me, okay? I'm for that, okay? Don't, I'm not saying this is bad. If churches that are doing that, where they're meeting in the parking lot, the pastor's speaking through a radio where they can all hear it, I'm for that. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. If, they're, uh, if they want to go and have offering plates, you know, where they have like 10-foot poles on them so they don't have to get close to the people that are passing the plate by their cars, I'm not saying that's bad. Okay, Don't take this the wrong way, but folks, why are they promoting it like this is just this fun, wonderful thing? Folks, that stinks. If if we have if if we are really in a place where we need to do that, please don't make a video like this is this great wonderful thing. And it's just it, it, it irritates the snot out of me. This stinks, okay? This stinks, and I want it to pass. And if that's what we've got to do to meet and have church or whatever, I'm fine with that. But let's not go out there portraying it as this new hip, trendy, wonderful thing. Will you please stop smiling about that? All right, folks. We're, hey, thank the Lord we can still come together. It's not going to be as good. But, you know, we're going to have to be in the parking lot. You're going to have to stay in your cars. But, hey, at least we can see you. At least we can wave at each other. You know, uh, you know, we still need your money. But you're not allowed to get close to you. I know this sounds stupid, folks. But, you know, we need you. Uh, we're going to hand it to you. We're going to use a poll. We're going to stick way out. You can put the money in that we're all going to touch later, you know, when we're counting it. And, you know, because you know, we, we'll be protected. You know, don't act like it's this wonderful thing. But, folks, churches are doing this, like, just fully embracing this, like it's a wonderful thing. And part of that, too, is because that's what the news media, that's what the politicians are telling us. This is great. This is wonderful. This is the part of our brave new world. No, it stinks. I don't like it. And I don't think we need to like it. And you know what? You're, and they act like you're this terrible person if you, don't do, if you don't do it. And they're using social shaming to get people to comply with a lot of this foolishness. Okay? And social shaming is the method. That, the reason they are using this method right now is because of the fact that laws will not allow them to force us to do these things. 
See, often laws get in the way of what rulers and society wants to do. And folks, this isn't a new thing. I'm going to show you examples in the Bible where laws, good laws, often prevented evil people from doing things that they wanted to do. And laws, they, they do that. And so because of the fact that it's crystal clear, folks, there's no debate. The government has no right, based on the Constitution, based on the Bill of Rights, based on the First Amendment, they have no authority to shut down churches. They don't. There's a reason that our governor was not clear in his executive order. Because he, he wants us to think that he can do it, but he knows he can't. Okay? There's, and so, what are they doing, though, to get churches shut down? They're using social shaming. Now, not all churches are shutting down because they're ashamed. Okay? Some churches are shutting down because they are, you know, they're worried about the virus. They think it may be the best thing to do, and they might even be right. Okay? But folks, how about First Open Bible here in Rock Falls? They chose to stay open, and you know what happened? I, I, I got this from the chief of police. It was the news media, the Quad Cities news media. They came out here, did a story on them. They called the police asking if they were going to do anything about it. And the Rock Falls police said, well, it's that, you know, they said no, but the reason they gave was because they aren't in their jurisdiction. They're outside the city limits. So he told me that's actually up to the county sheriff. But the county sheriff didn't do it either. You know why? Because the county sheriff knows he can't. But so the news media, they couldn't get the cops to do what they wanted them to do because the law won't allow it. So you know what they did? They put, they did a story on them. You know, that, that toilet paper here in town, the Sauk Valley media, they put a story out there and they got every garbage pile of low life trash going and just attacking that church, calling them a bunch of names, social shaming them big time to the point that it was very overwhelming, freaked that church out and they finally shut it down. They were getting, they were getting threats. Just because they had service and they shut down, not because it was what they want to do, not because they you know, believe what they're saying. They were socially shamed into doing it, and that's what they're trying to do. That's why they're, the news media, they're doing stories on these churches that are staying open. They're trying to shame them. That's how they want to get their doors closed. That's what that punk did today that came out here. He called up last week complaining that we were having service. He's thinking he's going to intimidate us. He's thinking he's going to embarrass us. He's going to go and accuse me of breaking the law, but he can't even tell me what the law says on it because he has no idea. But he thinks he's going to intimidate, intimidate us, thinks they're going to shame us. You know, it's just not going to happen. And, but yet you say, well, you know, what's going on here? This is what they're using right now to get us to do what they want. Now, here's the thing. It could be the right thing for all the churches to shut down. They, they, you know, if they're right in what they're saying, that might be best. But the problem I have with it, why can't they then just put, put it out there? Churches, we really recommend you do this. We think it would be best. We don't have the authority, but we're asking you to do this. Why don't they just do that? You know, because that's not enough for them. They, you know, they just, they want to force everything. And so when they go and they send their stooges out like that, just like they did in the Bible days, 
You know, they, they go and they find the most low-life piece of trash. Folks, half the people, that are, you, know, you go watch these posts, the ones that come after our church locally here, the ones that are going after the other church. I mean, they're all a bunch of just pierced up, freaky, freakazoid-looking things. And that's what they, and I'm going to show you in the Bible, that's what they have always used. They have always used those type of people. All right? And I know you're not supposed to say things like you people and those type of people. Folks, there are you people. There are those type of people. And we've got them all over this place. This, this area is crawling with them. Bunch of welfare recipients, government dependents. That's, what, that's who they're using to do this type of thing. And it's as wicked as you can get. So our Constitution, it often gets in the way of what our leaders think is best. The Second Amendment has successfully stopped politicians who many of them genuinely think it would be best, it would be safer if they could take away guns. The Second Amendment has stopped them from doing that. The law, the higher powers, has stopped them from doing something that would be bad. The First Amendment has made it very difficult for the, you know, the wicked leaders out there to control opposition to their wickedness. The First Amendment has stopped them. And right now, social shaming is being used in the area of churches staying open. And not just churches, but even other businesses too. Okay? And, and I'm not going to tell you whether or not churches and business should stay open right now. I don't really know for sure, but I am here to show you the fact is shutting these things down the way they are, are unconstitutional. There's no doubt about that. And the main enforcement mechanism being used is social shaming right now with the things where they have no authority. And so you know, I, you know, a part of me, you know, I'm going to admit, kind of likes the calmness that's out there. You know, one of my favorite things that I or used to be favorite about the holidays, I used to love how Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, everything was just shut down. It just kind of gave me a peaceful feeling. You know, it was, it really helped bring a, a calm that was out there. Now things are just open every holiday. And, you know, and I've heard, you know, people like talk about how, you know, it's kind of nice, you know, we're kind of, society's getting a break, you know, and in the Bible they would implement, you know, they had Sabbaths that they would do. And you, I think that would be a great practice. I think it would be a wonderful practice to have Sabbaths as a nation where, you know, we had days off or even weeks off. I think that would be good for the mental health of our I think that would be good on so many levels if our nation observed Sabbaths. Okay? I would agree with that decision. But at the same time, too, you got to let people know it's coming. Okay? That's how, you know, you, they got to be able to prepare for it. Okay? You know, remember what the Lord did when he instituted the Sabbath? He told them, hey, on Friday, go out and gather double because you're taking the day off. On Saturday, you know, God was good enough to warn people and let them know. Okay? So don't think that because they had Sabbaths in the Old Testament that it's okay for the government to just out of the blue declare a month and a half long Sabbath. Or maybe longer. We're not ready for it. Okay? But at the same time, if they wanted to talk about doing it in the future, I think it would be a great thing. I think it would be good for our country in a lot of ways. You know, and so, you know, because the two, the biblical Sabbaths, they were instituted in Israel's founding documents, the Word of God. When they came out of Egypt, God instituted those things right away. And so, you know, but you know, our founding documents have some things too. And I'm, you know, like the Bill of Rights. And I'm thankful for those things. And so, that, you know, there's no debate, you know, whether or not quarantining 
healthy people is biblical or constitution. There's no debate about that. It's not. It's, it's not even it's not even a question. You know, there's no doubt that our president and even our governor, they have no business implementing these things in the masses. That's not even that's not even a, a debate. It's not even an issue. But what's interesting about all these things we're seeing being put in place is that many things haven't really been put into place because they can't. The president put out his recommendations, you know, his guidelines and the news media all took it as law. And started ratting out states that, you know, wanted to limit groups to 25 instead of 10, like the president recommended. A presidential recommendation is not a law. But the news media sure thought it was. You know, our our governor recommending something and being very vague in his recommendation, that does not equal a law. But yet, the certain lewd fellows of the baser sort around here think it's a law. You know, it, but they weren't clear because they can't. The law prevents them from that, and I'm thankful for that. So our the reason the president has not locked down everything in this country. You want to know why he didn't lock down and quarantine New York when people are talking about it? Because he can't. He can't legally. He can't do these things. The reason our governor has not completely locked down everything is because legally he can't. The law stops him from it. And the reason our mayor won't shut us down is because legally he cannot do it. So, again, there is a question about whether or not all these things should shut down. And I don't know the answer for that. And that's why I'm, I fully support people who want to play safe and, and go along. You know, I, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm playing more safe than I normally would. I've been using more hand sanitizer. You know, I use so much hand sanitizer, my hands have gotten drunk. You know, but I mean, is it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. But, you know, I think I can, you know, again, personal responsibility. I think we all know how to do this stuff. So, you know, there are businesses out there, there are churches right now that are not convinced and that there's this need for a shutdown. And you know what? I support for them fighting to stay open. You know what? If a restaurant, I want to go out to eat so bad. I want to sit in a restaurant and I want to go eat. And you know, if one of the restaurants opened up in town, and I, I would go there, and I would eat there, and I would probably give the waitress an extra big tip if I did. That's exactly what I would do. And you know, I think we probably should do that when these places open up. We need to, you know, help support these businesses, you know, and give, you know, give that waitress a bigger tip than you normally would have because she's been out of work for a long time because of our stinking government and the, and the poor decisions I think they're making. But at the same time, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to support anybody that's fighting for their constitutional rights. Even if they might be wrong when it comes to what's best and what's healthiest, you know, there's, there's, there's what's right. And so, and even if I personally disagree, you know, with someone's choice, you know, they're not going to hear a negative word from me. I don't know. I don't have the answers. And so we're seeing all these stories pop up about churches, about businesses choosing to open. I heard about one in Chicago. Everybody was ratting out this gym that was wanted to stay open in Chicago. And it was a big thing, too, because some of the people that were in the gym were cops. And they were using it, too. And I'm thinking, you know what? If I lived out there, I'd go get a membership at that gym. You know, good for them. You know, if you're so scared about germs getting spread in that gym, don't go there. Yeah, you know, it's 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 ridiculous the way they're just turning people on each other. That that's what we're seeing go on, and we're seeing we're seeing that in this in this area. That's why the cops they're not pulling people over right now. They're not even doing traffic stops. They're too busy dealing with all just the tension and fighting that's going on, thanks to bad leadership. And so I I don't but 
Again, I don't think all social shaming is a sin. There are some things that should shame people. And that's why, you know, we're constantly told as Christians we need to be tolerant. Because we've done a good job of shaming people when it comes to certain things over the years. And America's intolerance of certain sins in the past has helped suppress some of those things. And so what I want to do in this message, though, is teach you one, how not to be a tool of the wicked when it comes to social shaming. Don't let them use you. you know, but we should all be our part when it comes to being an influence to that which is good and righteous. But we need to be careful not to be an influence for the cause of the wicked because that's why they're doing these stories. They need us. Okay, The police can't enforce certain things, so they need us enforcing these things. That, that's what's going on right now. So a few principles we need to learn to help us with this. And another thing, too, you know, you've got to consider the source, all right? When it comes to social shaming, who is it leading the charge on this stuff? That's something, a very important thing. We'll talk a little more about that. But look what it says in, in Exodus chapter 23. Let's get to the Bible now and go through some scriptures on this. Exodus chapter 23, in verse 1, it says, Thou shalt not raise a false report. Put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after many to wrest judgment. Neither shalt thou countenance a poor man in his cause. When this, when this passage says not to follow a multitude to do evil, it's specifically referring to, you know, uh, perverting judgment against someone that maybe is despised, against somebody who is poor. You know, you've got that poor person out there that nobody really cares about, and then the multitude's like, you know what, let's just, you know, who cares about this guy? He doesn't matter. But you know, Bible said don't follow a multitude to do evil. Don't give in to the social pressure there. Say, you know what, all right, yeah, he's poor, yeah, he's a nothing, but this isn't right, what we're doing. And isn't that how they got Jesus on the cross? They got the multitude all stirred up, and the multitude said, let's put this man to death. And even though Pilate knew he was an innocent man, hadn't done anything wrong, you know what he did? He totally violated Exodus 23, and he put Jesus on the cross. Why? Because he was afraid of the crowd. And that, that mob was going after somebody that they didn't like, somebody they saw as no value to them. And they were perverting judgment. And we've got to learn not to follow multitudes. Okay? And folks, if this thing all right, is what they say it is, this is going to be the first time the majority has been right. <laughs> Probably ever. This is, you know, this is going to be the first time following the multitudes you know, was the right thing to do. And, you know, and that's why I do. I, get, you know, I, don't, again, I don't know what all is right and wrong in this situation. But I get real nervous when I see a multitude doing something. I get real nervous when I see the politicians, the Republicans and Democrats agreeing and the news media agreeing. I get real nervous with that. And the Bible says not to follow a multitude to do evil. Well, the multitude's all saying this. The multitude's all in agreement right now. Why can't you all just unite? We're not supposed to pervert judgment. You know, well, who cares about these people? doesn't matter if we care about it. It doesn't matter if we seem as valuable or not. We're not supposed to twist judgment. We're not going to rest judgment. And we're not. So don't allow convenience to distort your judgment. Don't do that. Don't allow pride to blind you to the truth. I, I don't want to be the one getting social shamed. I don't want to be the one that everybody's attacking. But you know, don't we as better than anybody know 
The majority is not usually right. What does it say in Matthew 7.13? Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. It's just a great principle, folks. When you don't know what to do, if you don't follow the multitude, you're probably going to be in the right. So just keep that in mind and don't and, and again, when it's talking about following the multitudes, again, it's that's not just you seeing what everyone's doing and doing that, but it's when these multitudes are actively trying to get you to do something. And that's what they want there. They they're they're wanting to pervert the judgment to the poor, and so they're trying to pressure you into doing something. And when when you're getting pressured to, you know, when the multitudes are pressuring you something, it's probably not the thing to do. It's probably not the way to go. So don't follow the multitudes. Don't follow the masses. I'm telling you, some people, it's like they, with every decision they make, you know, they just lick their fingers, stick it in the air, and just check to see which way the wind's blowing. I see, it's like that on social media. What do they do? If they're trying to figure out what to do, they just go and they look, all right, let's get the most likes. You know, what's this person saying? You know, I want to be on this person's good side. We've got people like that, too, in this movement. You know, what's this pastor say? What's that pastor say? And whatever position they have, it's just going to line up with whoever their favorite preacher is on that day. And it changes a lot for some of these people because they can't think for themselves. You know, they can't make a judgment themselves. And so they are. And, and boy, I mean, you know, definition of confusion for a new eye of beer is when new eye of preachers aren't all doing the same thing. And then they're just like, you know, their, their head starts to spin, does not compute, you know, and, and their head starts to explode. And, you know, oh, which one's right? You know what? It doesn't really matter. You know, different situations call for different things. You know, it, it's but yet you'll see. But then you see some of these same clowns, too, who've never led anything successfully then they want to go and they're the ones pronouncing all this judgment on any leader that's doing something a little bit different than their favorite leader. That is one of the most moronic things in the world that just nothing will reveal how pathetic you are more than that. And yet these people are doing it. And the truth is they don't know what they're doing. They haven't got a brain in their head. They don't know how to think, but they've just found a multitude that they want to run with. And then that's what they're that's what they're going to go with, you know. And they just need to learn to just shut up if they have no idea what they're talking about. Amen. But yet that requires wisdom, yeah. Yeah, and that's another message for another day. And the re, and these people have no wisdom. That's why they've never led anything. They couldn't lead a horse to water. I mean, they could they can't do nothing. So look what it says in Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven. So don't follow the multitudes, and. Folks, if you looked at, when it comes to social media, all right, which is where a lot of social shaming is done, you would think that the whole town was against First Open Bible after, you know, reading those things. But there is no, folks, there's no way, okay? And I don't want to stand here and just, you know, say a bunch of good stuff about a church. I don't know what their doctrine is. I don't know what they believe. But I've met the pastor from there. I've met people from that church. The, that pastor is one of the nicest guys here in town, yet he's being called a cult. I mean, they've, I've never heard anybody say anything negative about that place. And that church has been there for years. He, he's been, I don't know how long he's been pastoring. It's a long time, longer than I've been. 
out here. But yet, you've got just, you know, a group of people on social media all just trashing him. Why? Because the certain lewd fellows of the baser sort are always the noisemakers. They're, they're the loud ones. And so looking at that, you would think that, man, the whole town is against... I, I promise you that's not the case. I think after everything blows over, this is all said and done, their church will probably grow as a result of this. Because people, most people are looking at that while they're scared to say anything. They're not stupid. They see the stuff those people are saying, and they know it's a lie. They're looking at these people who are saying that stuff, and they see that they're trash. They see that. And you know what? They're going to go, and they, they're, they're going to end up siding with him. They're just, but they're typically quieter about these things. And so, you know, understand, a lot of times you think you're following the multitudes with stuff, but you're not. It's just some of these people, they do, they make a lot of noise. That's why just these worthless idiots who can't figure out where they stand on anything until their favorite preachers posted something or preached something, okay, they, you know, these are the ones that get fooled. These are the ones that get led astray because in their minds, Reality, it's based on what's being said in certain circles and social media and things like that. They don't know how to judge anything at all. But folks, those things don't represent reality. They really don't. So you got to watch out for that stuff. You know, learn to think for yourself. But look what it says. So don't follow the multitudes. Also, don't fall for propaganda. Okay? Look what it says in Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. We don't have any people like that today, though, do we? That was just the first century issue. Oh boy, we've these people are making a lot of money today. Yeah, and, you know they're on television, all over the internet. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things that is the head, even Christ. Folks, deception the deception out there is real. Propaganda it is a real thing. It's not a conspiracy theory. It, it's a real thing. We all know it, and you've got it. You've got to watch out for the stuff if if it's being put out by the mainstream news media. It's probably a lie. If it's being put out by NPR, it's probably a lie. If it's being put out by all our politicians, it's probably a lie. You know, the fact that they do, they have to tell us some of these things, the way they tell us these things, just tells me, it, folks, it's a lie. And some of it's pretty tricky. Why? Because they're trying to trick. And they're professionals at it. That's how they got where they are. And so with this current situation, you know, even the experts are still saying there's many things that they still don't know. Yet, while the experts are saying we still don't know certain things, we've got high school dropouts all over this town attacking businesses and churches for spreading diseases and killing everyone. Where does that come from? And at the same time, too... You know, that scumbag that came by here today, after getting the chewing out that he did, he probably had to go down to the liquor store and buy some booze, you know, to cope with the stress. You know? But yet, we're, you know, churches are the ones where the problem's at. 
You know, it, it, it's ridiculous. Folks, these people don't have a scientific, you know, they, they don't have a clue about science. They flunked everything when it came to science. Their life is a failure and they display it on Facebook where people usually portray their life as being better than it actually is. So think about how bad these people's lives really are. Think about that for a minute. People usually make it look better than it is. And we and I I looked at some of these people, folks. That I mean, imagine. And yet they're gonna they're gonna get on to us about things that they have no clue about. They don't know what the laws are. They don't know the science on these things. And I'm not saying I know the science on these things. But I will say this. You know, while I don't know the science, I've got good reason to be suspicious about the scientists that are being put in front of us right now. Because I think we've all forgotten about some of the uh, debates in Congress and things before when it came to people that they've had come to tell us about vaccinations. All the people that they won't allow to come. I listened to, I was watching one of the things one time when all the vaccination stuff was going on. And somebody brought up a study that was done by some individual showing how vaccines are dangerous. And they immediately shut them down saying that person's work has been discredited and they lost their license. Yet, you know who took his license away? The people promoting this vaccination stuff. Oh, you don't promote vaccination? Who cares what your study says? You lost your license. Therefore, now he's discredited. You can't trust him. He lost his license. But you know, they, they put people out there that are going to say what they want them to say. They check up on these people. They, they, they've read their reports. They know what they stand for. They've read their blogs. Those are the people that they have. Come, they'll have, when it comes to the vaccinations, they'll have some dad or some mom come on there and tell a story about their child that died. And they know exactly what that person is going to say because that person has started a movement for vaccinations or whatever because their child died because they, they had some illness and couldn't get a vaccination and got the measles from some kid who didn't get vaccinated. And so they already, they know what that person is going to say before they testify in Congress. They know, they know that those are the only people that they put out there. They've had this practice for decades, yet all of a sudden, you know, Dr. Fauci, well, we can trust this guy. Are, are we sure about that? You know, are, are we really sure? I, I, don't, I guarantee he knows more than I do on this subject. But I do know the government has a tendency to only allow people to speak on these things that are going to say what they want them to say. So if I'm a little skeptical, pardon me, but you know, I've been lied to quite a bit by these people. And as George W. Bush said, fool me once, shame on, you you can't get fooled again. (laughs) One of my favorite George W. Bush sayings of all, I I didn't do that the best, but we've got to take these, we've got to take these things into consideration. So they're saying they don't, they don't have the science in all this. Yeah, high school dropouts are being used to social shame. Churches and businesses. Think about that for a minute. So when social shame is taking place, it's very important you consider the source. Acts 17 verse 5 says, But the Jews, which believe not, moved with envy. Okay, these are the leaders here. These are the higher-ups. These are the respectable people in the community. they got to be careful not to get their hands dirty. 
Okay? They do have a reputation to uphold, but they're moved with envy because they don't like what the apostles are preaching because the multitudes are listening to them. And so what did they do? They took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. Base, low life. Hey, this is a biblical way of saying low life. Hey, you look and see 99% of the people attacking our church online, certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. Probably living on welfare, don't have a job, bunch of scumbag shack ups. I mean, just fornicating pieces of filth. And they get them and their AIDS-ridden carcasses to go and get their AIDS-ridden fingers all on their keyboards attacking our church. They're not going to do it themselves. They get people like that. It's what they've always done. It's what they've always done. It's what the Jews did then. And look at what they did. They, so they got the certain loot fellows of the base sort, gathered a company, set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring him out to the people. That kind of reminds me of what just happened this week. With first open Bible. That's exactly what happened. Now, they didn't physically go there, but you know, they did. They, the assault came online. And it, you know, that kind of thing freaks people out. It freaked a lot of people out uh, when that was going on from that church. And, and, but you know, they, so th- this is, this is what's always been done. This is what they do. It says, um, and when they had found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason hath received. And these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. So notice how the mob is accusing them of breaking the law. They don't. You think these people knew what the law said? They didn't know what the law said. And the fact is they hadn't broke the law. And so you know, when, when a law isn't broken, though, there's nothing the authorities can do, but at the same time, if they can make everyone else think a law has been broken, then they can get the mob to do what they want them to do. And the scumbag news media is doing that right now. That church in Florida that they, where they arrested the pastor, somebody drove by and shot at that church. Okay? The news media didn't do that, but they might as well have done it. The news media should be held accountable for it. I believe the sheriff, he had to backtrack and, you know, and take a lot of things back because he helped incite that violence. He should be held accountable for what happened there. You know, yeah, he's not dumb enough. He's in a high position. He's going to go by shooting at the building. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to go and stir up the scum of the earth in their community and get them to do the dirty work. You know, he probably would have shot at him if he could, but he can't because the laws are stopping him. He'll get in trouble. And so just like our government does, when they want to go, you know, bomb a World Trade Center, they don't do it themselves. They go get some crazy Muslims to do it because they'll do anything. (laughs) But then, you know, then then we can go to war with other Muslims. I believe Muslims flew planes into the World Trade Center. I do. If I was going to go do something like that, I'm going to go get me some crazy Muslims. Okay. I want to egg some people's houses in this town. I really do. Okay? But I'm not going to do it. You know how bad that's going to look if I get caught as a pastor of this church out egging houses? But you know what? If I was scummy enough to actually make it happen, and I've been tempted a few times, I'm not going to go do it. But I guarantee you, if I went out there and I go find some druggy-looking kids and I gave them 20 bucks and several cartons of eggs, I'll bet they'd do it for me. Hey, here's 20 bucks. Here's a bunch of eggs. You go get this done. Show me some pictures of it. 
And I got 20 more for you. That's what I would do. I'm not going to get my hands dirty. But, but then, what I wanted to happen, it happened. You know? And so it, it would be me doing that. Y'all understand that? And so the stuff that's happening where these churches are getting attacked, the leadership did it. Okay? They're the ones that did it. And they did it on purpose. So, and, you know, and notice in verse 8, it says, And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. What are they doing? They're fear-mongering. They're, they're making everybody scared of them when there's no reason to be scared of them. It's like the news media. They're trying to make everybody scared of churches. That's wrong. It is garbage. So then, lastly, to turn over to Acts chapter 22. I'll go through this quickly. So, you know, when it comes to social shaming, don't follow the multitudes. You know, don't, don't fall for the propaganda. And you know what? Stand, it's okay. Listen, it's okay to stand up for your rights as an American. And let me prove that biblically, alright? In Acts 22, verse 20, uh, 22, says, And they gave him audience unto this word, and when they lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. This is talking about Paul. And as they cried out and cast off their clothes and threw dust into the air, the chief captain commanded them to be brought into the castle and bade them that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know wherefore they cried so against him. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Listen, is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? Was he referring to the law of God or was he referring to the law of the land? To Roman law. Legally, the apostle Paul was a Roman and according to their own laws, they were not allowed to scourge a man who was uncondemned. They were violating their own laws and Paul used his Roman citizenship as a case to get them to leave on. And you know what? It worked. Because even the Romans, okay, they had, you know, they followed law. They had a lot. They, there, there were a lot of laws that they had. So it says in verse 26, when the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain saying, take heed what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. Then the chief captain came and said unto him, tell me, art thou a Roman? And he said, yea. And the chief captain answered, With a great sum obtained I this freedom. And Paul said, But I was free born. Then straightway they departed from him, which should have examined him. And the chief captain also was afraid after he knew he was a Roman because he had bound them. He's like, all of a sudden these wicked people are scared. You know why? Because Paul called them out for breaking their own laws. And they're like, we can get in trouble. And thank God for our Constitution. Thank God for the Bill of Rights that often has stopped wicked people from doing things. And folks, there is no doubt the leaders that we currently have in place would be doing much more wickedness were it not for the fact that they are still scared of that Constitution. Because there are still some people there that are trying to uphold that Constitution. They're still trying to fight for it. And it is still working, but we're losing it. We're losing more and more of it all the time. And it's okay for us as Christians to do like the Apostle Paul and stand up for our rights as Americans. And when we see our leaders breaking the laws to hurt us, it's okay for us to step up and say something about it. You're not being a whiner. You're not being a murmurer. You're not being a complainer when you do that thing. If you are, then the Apostle Paul was a murmurer and a complainer. I mean, all the, all the government's trying to do is keep things safe. 
I mean, I mean, they were. I mean, you know, there's mobs were getting stirred up. I mean, remember when that whole crowd started going crazy, screaming, "Great is Diana the Ephesians!" I mean, the Apostle Paul, he's stirring up the mobs. I mean, chaos is breaking out. We could have a whole bunch of people could possibly die. We're gonna, there's going to be people that are going to be fighting. There's all kinds of bad stuff that could happen. You know, obviously something needs to be done about the Apostle Paul, but no, they had laws in place, and the Apostle Paul said, "You're violating these laws," and they got scared. You know, you know what that tells me? That tells me the Romans, in many ways, were better than American leadership. They at least feared those laws. And so on the morrow, because he would have known the certainty whereof he was accused of the Jews, he loosed them from his bands and commanded the chief priests and all their council to appear and brought Paul down and set him before him. So all of a sudden now he's getting treated a little better. And I want to treat it a little better. In this country, I'm tired of being treated like I've got the plague. I'm tired of being treated like I'm a cult leader because we're having church services here. I'm getting, I'm getting tired of that kind of thing. And you better believe I'm going to speak up about what the law says. You better believe I'm going to throw the Constitution in these people's face. You better believe I'm going to keep doing that kind of thing. Why? Because it's, it's the right thing. And yes, I am a citizen of the Commonwealth of Israel first. And the Apostle Paul was too. I'm a Christian first. But if it will benefit me physically to use my American citizenship, I'm going to do it. If the Apostle Paul can do it, I can do it too. And go ahead and do that. I am a Christian before an American. But it's not wrong to take advantage of good laws to protect yourself or even hide behind them. It's okay to do that. So when your rights are violated, too, you know what? You don't have to like it. In fact, you can even run if you want to. What does it say in 2 Corinthians 11.32? In Damascus, the governor under Aretas, the king kept the the city of the Damascenes with a garrison desirous to apprehend me. The authorities were after Paul. What did he do? I'm going to be a good American or Roman, and I'm I'm going to submit. I'm going to turn myself in. And I'm just going to let the court system, I, I'm going to pray they get it right. No. And through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands. I love it. He was a fugitive. He ran and he succeeded. It was, uh, man, he, he should have submitted to the higher powers right there. No, he shouldn't have. He should have ran. And if they do, if they start doing things that violate the Constitution or even violate what we have been commanded to do as Christians, you know, we're going to submit to the higher power, God, and if we have to flee into Judea or flee into the mountains, we're going to do that. It's biblical to flee when bad laws are trying to be shoved down your throat. But understand, when that happens, you know what? You know what comes with that? Some shame comes with that. Remember the Apostle Paul when we were going through Philippians, he talked about those who were not ashamed of his chain. There were many Christians who saw Paul being persecuted, being thrown in jail, and they're like, I don't want to be con- I'm not connected with him. I'm not going to be connected with him. Why? Because, you know, that's not, doesn't look good when somebody's in jail. You know, who wants to say, hey, that guy that's out getting whipped right now, that's my buddy. Hey, he's getting, that, that guy out there that's getting whipped right now for what he's preaching, I believe that too. Why, you know, nobody wants to do that because then you're going to get whipped. But yet, that's what, you know, and so it's shame would often stop them 
from identifying with them, that was a bad thing. You know, that, that, you know, people shouldn't have been ashamed of that. And we shouldn't be ashamed of Christians that are persecuted. We shouldn't be ashamed if some church is getting run through the ringer because they're still having services or some Christian, you know, get, when, when, we should stick by our brothers and sisters in Christ Amen. when they've got the law going after them, especially for really bad stuff. And, you know, you can do it all you want to try to blame, you know, make it make a case that only churches is where you can spread viruses and not Walmart and gas stations and all the other places we're going to. But, folks, those those are just shaming tactics to get us doing what they want us to do. That guy out there, that he did not he, he was not worried about spreading germs. He does not like the fact we are here anytime. And he's seeing this as his opportunity to get it shut down. These people are evil. They love it. They want it to happen. And it tears them up to see people that are not following that, that are not going along with that. And I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna be ashamed of that stuff. So just understand, our church is constantly gonna have shame thrown its way. Okay, with the way we preach, what we, you know, where we stand against the homos and things like that, we're gonna constantly have shame thrown our way. But we shouldn't be ashamed of things like that. In fact, we ought to be ashamed if the whole world's speaking good of us. We ought to be ashamed of that. We ought to be ashamed of that. But unfortunately, Christian people are often being influenced by social shaming in areas of things they shouldn't be ashamed of. In areas where we should be ashamed, we're not bothered by that at all. That's not right. That's not good. And so again, I'm for social shaming. All right, let's shame the homos right back into the closet. Amen. You know, let's let's do it all we can to shame people into doing things that are right. Okay, and if we can shame people into doing things that are right, they can try to shame people like us. You know, too. Okay, it goes both ways. But here's the thing: Are we going to let that shame influence us? Okay, that's what we can't do. Okay, I believe in free speech. That means people can go ahead and keep telling people in town that I'm the half-brother of Bo Bergdahl. I don't understand it. You know, I, I'm not going to go sue him. Right? I, uh, I don't even want to address that. But, you know, they, they can do that. But you know what? I'm going to say what I have to say about them, too. You know, I'm going to call these people out. For what they are. It's not always a bad thing. And there is no doubt, though, society is shaming people today for things we shouldn't be ashamed of. And there's no doubt the people leading the shame campaigns are wicked people that we should not support in any way, shape, or form. And when I do, when I see Rachel Madcow, you know, trying to shame people like that and in the stores, when I see the politicians, I consider the source. Consider the source, folks. And it's like, we're not doing that. You know what? If you want to follow the multitude, first off, I don't recommend it, but will you at least take a look at the multitude and who you're following and say, is this, is it, am I in good company right now? And don't, don't let social shaming stop you from doing what you know is right. Don't, and don't be ashamed. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word. I pray you'll help us to not be ashamed. I pray you'll help us to be like the Apostle Paul 
who wasn't ashamed of the gospel. He wasn't ashamed of being a prisoner. Uh, we thank you for those in his day that were also not ashamed of what he was going through and supported him. I pray you'll help us as Christians to support our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who are being shamed right now. And I pray we won't be ashamed of them. I pray we'll stand up for them and uh, we'll, we'll speak out in their cause and uh, be a blessing. In your name we pray. Amen.